From our nation's capital, this is Naps Chat. I'm gonna sit right down and write myself a letter and make believe again from you. Hi, this is Bob Levy, the Director of Legislative and Political Affairs for the National Association of Postal Supervisors, and welcome to this week's edition of Naps Chat. This has been an extremely important week for the future of the United States Postal Service and its operations and service to the American public. It appears there has been a memo that has come out of Washington, D.C. Postal Headquarters, which directs postal employees to slow down the mail. The recommendations proposed, including leaving mail behind if the mail comes to the loading dock a bit tardy, uh, will have that effect. I am here today with our executive vice president, Ivan Butts. How you doing, Ivan? Hi, Bob. How you doing? Yeah, this has been an extremely important week for the Postal Service. We had this memorandum sort of leak out on Monday. It first appeared in the Washington Post in a couple of trade periodicals dealing with the Postal Service. What actually does this memorandum and PowerPoints that was sent out to the field, what they actually say? Well, Bob, you're absolutely correct. It's been a, a, a interesting week, uh, to say the least, and over the weekend with the events of the Postal Service now that the new PMG is uh, a little over a month into his tenure. So, I mean, you know, the, the directive that came out, it, it struck us as odd because we were getting it from uh, all over the country, which tells us that it's a systemic issue, not a localized issue with maybe a rogue district manager or someone like that trying to uh, put out a directive. So we understood that based on where, how the information we were getting, that this was a national directive that was coming out. But when we actually saw it, it's not on postal letterhead. It's not signed by an executive. Uh, it's just this stand-up talk that's been floating around. And, and, and I had to disagree with you, Bob. I think in if you're reading the stand-up talk, it is directing the delaying of mail. I was trying to be diplomatic. Well, I appreciate that. I, well, I'm sure maybe the Postal Service in, in the PMG appreciates that, but but, I, the, but they the don't. Truth, pay, but, but they don't pay me. You do. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right, Bob. We're not. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, yeah, you're still gonna get paid. Oh, you're thank still you. Gonna get paid. I thank you so much. <laughs> you, you said interestingly, but on the PowerPoint presentation that was shared with the field, it's entitled the PMG's expectation and plans, and it has a postal logo on the PowerPoint. Yeah, but the PowerPoint, here's the, the deal with the PowerPoint is it was created by a leader who was on or, or who either was on or had privy to the Postmaster General's comments that uh, PowerPoint was created based off the information that they were receiving based on what the Postmaster General was saying. So that's not an, the, that's not really a f- official postal document, but it is this manager's recap of what was being said. So the fact that he, he you know, created on, on postal letterhead and he created it as a postal PowerPoint to really kind of educate his subordinates on how to roll out the document and how, how to roll out, excuse me, the directives was just his way of, of doing it. But what we have is we have, do have this, this stand-up talk that is pretty uniformed 
that's been going around uh, the country. And, and again, like I said, I, I think if you if you read it, it really does point to the delaying of America's mail. The Postal Service headquarters and their their head of their public relations had the opportunity to disavow the validity of the directives, but that didn't occur. The official word for the postal headquarters is that it is not in its final form. Now, maybe they're missing a semicolon or an apostrophe somewhere, but this seems to be flushed out pretty much. Yeah, well, I, I think it is flushed out. And again, you, you know, we see it in this document that that's been going that's been going around. I don't know, and I understand the uh, communications manager who was speaking for the postal service said that you know the, the it, it was considered for initiate initiatives, and that's actually what I believe President Wagner got when you know he was talking with uh, uh, the. The NAPS liaison at Postal Headquarters, based on you know some questions we were giving and receiving from the field on this memorandum, and again you know and that liaison went from you know uh, not acknowledging its its existence or not acknowledging anything about it to then evolving to this uh, like the communications manager said this this. Uh, that, that it was this concept that was being considered, and somehow this concept turned into a directive that's now enacted. Because, again, they can say that it's not a plan, it's being conceived, they're, they're being considered, but the fact of the matter is it's being rolled out. America's mail is being delayed as we speak now. It struck me as sort of concerning, among many things that it was concerning in the documents provided, was a line in either the stand-up or in the PowerPoint which attributed to the Postmaster General that postal employees, dedicated, loyal postal employees who value timeliness, they have to distance themselves from this culture and get used to leaving mail in a, in a bin at the plant by the loading dock if it doesn't hit the truck at the right time because postal employees, as you know, Ivan, because you are you you were on the you were on the workroom floor for years, value the timeliness of mail and the quality that postal customers expect. And if that's your culture and you're tell, told to leave the mail behind, that's problematic. Yeah, and and that's going to be a real problem in this in this transition. You're a- absolutely right. Uh, you know, I I've been in the post I came to the post office in December of 1983 and and immediately felt a sense of pride in the work that we do, in the work that we do serving America and through the years you that 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 pride only continues to grow. I mean, we have managers and we're hearing that telling these managers who have dedicated their lives to serving America and delivering America's mail, we're telling them to you know put on the brake, stop, and then not then consider it uh, acceptable to not deliver America's mail, to leave America's mail sitting behind on the dock, to leave their packages behind, to leave their essential supplies behind. That's a hard transition for a lot of our managers. We we received 
one one letter from uh, uh, one of our managers, and again, she was saying that you know for thirty seven years she's never left a piece of mail on a dock, never left a piece of mail, and now she's expected to leave this mail behind. We have customers who are calling offices uh, for for mail pickups, which we did in the past, and because we don't have we can't use uh, extra tra- uh, transportation. We can't schedule extra transportation. Now, what is that customer going to do when they call and they want their mail picked up? What do we do? We, we, are we to tell them, sorry, America, your post office is closed to you? Uh, again, the, the directive is, is kind of ill-conceived, and, and it's ill-conceived at the highest levels of this agency. Yes, it says in the stand-up, and I'm reading directly, this is the mandatory stand-up talk to all employees, July 10th, 2020. We seek to change our culture and move away from past practices previously used. When you change the culture, you're changing the culture from reputation and timeliness. That's what's going on here. An institution that has earned a 90% favorability rating by the American public, is now being asked to degrade its quality. Absolutely, Bob. And, and, and you're, you're, you're right. Look at that, the change he's, the, that's being talked about in this, this stand-up talk. What are we changing from? Over a 90% efficiency rating currently. We're changing from that. One of the top, the, the, the most trusted federal agencies year in and year out. What do we need to change from that? You know, so, yeah, it, it's, it's very alarming to me, and I'm sure it is to a lot of EAS and managers on this directive and, and what the implications are. But one of the problems I'm having also, and, um, you know, we've talked about this, me and you, Bob, and me and Bruce uh, Moyer have talked about this, and we're trying to, I'm trying to reconcile uh, the actions of, of this initiative uh, against the law. In the law in 18 U.S.C. 1703, it says in the very first very first sentence of it, whoever being a postal service officer and employee, and then it goes on to talk about, you know, delay of mail, the way willful delay of mail, destruction of mail, and that kind of thing. So I'm trying to reconcile uh, what the the actions of this. The initiation of this directive by the Postmaster General and the executive leadership of the Postal Service is in regards to this section of law against the delay or destruction of of mail or property. Now, everybody has their different views on it. I I have mine, certainly, which I think, you know, the law is pretty clear and unambiguous. And but we also know law is law. So then talking with Bruce. But what one thing I do know is that uh, we have a committee that has oversight in its title. So I would presume that oversight of this law that applies to the Postal Service is within their jurisdiction to provide oversight for. So I guess it's our hope that th- there will be some oversight from the congressional level looking at the law and looking at the directive and the, and the actions of the executive leadership team and taking the appropriate actions from that. The irony about this uh, memorandum coming out over the weekend or on Monday is that the House Appropriations Committee this past week 
approved a financial services and general government appropriations bill for fiscal year 2021. In the report that accompanied the legislation, or that will accompany the legislation to the floor of the House of Representatives, it states, and I quote, the Postal Service shall take into consideration the importance of providing consistent and on-time delivery to all Americans, including those in rural and mountainous areas. Now, this is directed or uh, focused primarily on rural uh, mail service. However, it talks about all Americans are entitled to timely mail service. By having a memorandum and stand-ups asking the postal employees to hinder timeliness really runs counter to what the directive is from Congress. Yeah, and it's always been a part of the, 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 the congressional directives, the law, the postal policies is always leaned towards the timely delivery of America's mail. It's always has been uh, uh, since, uh, since, our, since our inception. So what is being enacted by the leadership of this agency is unprecedented in, in, in postal history. I want to talk about precedent, if I can, if I could just, and I'm sorry to interrupt you. As you might recall, Ivan, around two months ago, I had Bill McAllister here on NAPS Chat. He covered the Postal Service for the Washington Post at the time that Marvin Runyon became Postmaster General. And he spoke about out of the gate, Postmaster General Runyon made a number of dramatic proposals which directly impacted mail service around the country and slowed down mail. And we spoke a lot about that, about watch what the new Postmaster General proposes coming out of the gates, because that'll set the tone. In the wake of that, yesterday, as I was mentioned to you before we went on the air, I spent a good two and a half hours watching a tape of a C-SPAN recording of a oversight hearing conducted by the House Post Office and Civil Service Subcommittee on Postal Operations from August 1994, where Marvin Runyon, the Postmaster General at that time, and the district manager for the Capital Area Region, future Postmaster General Patrick Donahoe, were called to the carpet for the degradation of mail service as a result of proposals. The one member of Congress who's still around, who was on that panel at that hearing, was the District of Columbia Delegate Eleanor Holmes Norton. And I'm going to say the same line from the Bible that I say to you time and time again. There's nothing new under the sun from Ecclesiastes. Is this new? What we're seeing right now isn't new. Because you said this is unprecedented. Is there a precedent for this? Um, I'm say I, I, I'm going to say it's unprecedented, and this is here here why. Even what you've referred to with with uh, uh, former Postmaster General Runyon, uh, there were proposals. This is this is enacted. This this is not a proposal. This is in play. Uh, the America's Mail is being is 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 being delayed uh, as we speak. So that's that makes this unprecedented. It makes it unprecedented that we have. Uh, I believe in the first time in, in my career of almost 39 years of the Postal Service, uh, we have uh, leadership of the agency that is enacting an agenda that was harmful to the agency and, and really could uh, lead to the agency's own demise. Now, if you we, we couple that with, 
you know, what we hear, what we have heard and what we know about some of the issues that are coming up, the president and issues with uh, Jeff Bezos and you just mentioned Washington Post, Washington Post and its its owner, uh, Jeff Bezos, and how that translates into the post office is a joke. We don't pay, a, we don't charge Amazon enough for our parcels, and then translate that into a vote by mail. It will generate fraud, and if we allow vote by mail, a certain party will never get into office again. All these kind of untruths, and then you couple that with, I'm going to appoint. Uh, this person who who is a point person in my financial uh, campaign committee, top contributor, top uh, do, uh, uh, donor getter, um, you know, you start putting all these things together, and you see that start to start starting to roll out into post now postal policy. Now that this new PMG is in place, now that's rolling out to into postal policy and so if you look at that postal policy then the next thing is that postal policy is that is that helpful or is that hurtful to the agency and the mission of america's post office and i think we have to say that it seems that it's hurtful it is interesting that as i say out of the gate that this is the proposal or the recommend the proposal for implementation to leave mail in the plant or if it's left in the post office to return, potentially return mail to the plant rather than deliver it that, the day that it's supposed to be delivered. Well, I think one that's one of the problems. We don't know what it's to What mm-hmm. it's do? What do you do? I mean, what? It, so what happens if the DPS mail does does get there late and you send the car and this carriers are already gone? What are you doing with that mail? Mm-hmm. Are you sending it back to the plant to have to ex, put extra burden on them to rerun that mail to into the DPS? Uh, walk sequence that it needs to be in for the carriers to take to the street? Do you keep that mail in the office and then have the carriers spend extra time at the office to case that first package of delivery point sequence mail uh, before they get their other package of delivery point sequence mail? There's no clear instructions in this two-page bullet items of, of instructions on delaying mail to tell anybody what to do. Wouldn't it have been interesting and really, I think, empowering if the postmaster general out of the gate would have fought for the agency, urged the administration to support lifting the prefunding requirement, advocated for the agency for the $25 billion in emergency appropriations to sustain the Postal Service in the wake of the pandemic, fought for the agency to support the $25 billion in infrastructure improvements that were in H.R. 2, the transportation and infrastructure legislation for the United States Postal Service, because a lot of these delays we're talking about, it's not because of mail volume, because with the exception of parcels, first-class mail volume and advertising mail has really gone down. So we're talking not necessarily about that plans are being overwhelmed with single-piece mail or uh, advertising mail. We're, We're possibly talking about problems with the infrastructure, that cannot deal with the reduced volume that we're currently dealing with. So we have to get a handle on the infrastructure and improve the infrastructure and get correct staffing to deal with the mail. I, I agree with that somewhat, uh, Bob. But our infra- the infrastructure of the Postal Service, and it was a long, I think, an opinion of mine for a long time that even when, when uh, the former Postmaster General 
uh, even the past two, when they initiated, initiated all these, these uh, uh, cuts and, and reduction in, in processing capabilities and things like that, they really helped to cripple the post office and make it less efficient in, in being able to deliver America's mail. So if you look at our capacity, and they, they say they're reducing machines, and we have this going on now where we're reducing machines again, and they want to base it off of uh, the data on volumes. And one point about this data on volumes, this is the same data that when they take it to the Hill, it's always looked at as a suspect, suspicious, uh, inaccurate, and it proves out to be sometimes inaccurate. But now they, they're using, that's the same data they're using to say, let's cut out all these machines. Let's cut out all these work hours. Let's cut out all these people. And what, what it's done, as it did in 2015 when they initiated the operational window change, uh, what it does is it, it, it just decimates service. In 2015, when we went through the operational window change, uh, we saw service drop off a cliff. This was a postal executive's term, not my term. Service dropped off a cliff uh, when they instit instituted OWC because bad data. That same bad data is what they're using now, and it could be catastrophic to America's Postal Service at a time where America's Postal Service is needed the most to deliver the essential supplies and medicines during this pandemic and to provide America with a safe, secure method of voting in November. I just want to talk, talk about bad data that the Postal Service uh, might provide, that its information and accuracy is always called into question, many instances on the Capitol, in the stand-up or in the memorandum sent out to the field, it misstated the status of the U.S. steel. It said that, as, as I recall from the memorandum, if the Postal Service doesn't adapt, it's going to go the way of United States steel. And they, then they say it's gone. It no longer exists. In fact, U.S. steel still exists. It employs around 30,000 people and is around a $3 billion a year company. So I don't know where it went. Maybe they were talking about Bethlehem Steel or LTV. But at the time that the steel industry was under uh, threat, it was coming from importation of foreign steel. And you had Carl Icahn and other hedge fund managers playing games with buying and selling steels. Now, the Postal Service is a public service. It's not, or it ought not to be, the plaything of hedge fund managers and the private sector. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And um, just want to go back to the point you made about the PMG when he came in, he should have been... Uh, shouldn't he have been advocating for the Postal Service to the administration to get the resources needed to keep us sustainable? Of course, I, I agree, of course, 100 percent that he should have been. But we, what we also see is that is a history of uh, if the if the agenda is not followed in accordance to what uh, maybe the administration agenda wanted to be, then you could be outcast, you could be outsourced, you could be uh, uh, I guess terminated or forced to leave your position. So, you know, it, 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 we've seen that transpire within this administration with some of the close people. So mm -hmm. somebody like the, the PMG, who's not even a, 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 not, not a Senate-confirmed appointment, uh, certainly, uh, certainly could have some vulnerability if, if, if there was a 
policy that wanted to be enacted by the administration, and he didn't execute it. Yeah, because the uh, the Board of Governors are directly appointed by the president subject to confirmation. So if uh, the Postmaster General uh, d- promoted a policy that was diametrically opposed to the administration, the administration could communicate to the Board of Governors that they weren't happy. So indirectly, the Postmaster General could be leaned upon. And in fact, uh, the, pre- the President of the United States uh, was not bashful in, dis- in expressing his uh, less than uh, comfort with the uh, immediate past Postmaster General, mm-hmm. Megan Brennan. What I want to, my final area of inquiry with you is, and you sort of alluded to it earlier, and you said, well, maybe we'll get to it, maybe we won't get to it. The attempt to reduce the quality of mail and timeliness of mail could have the unintended or the intended consequence of calling into question the Postal Service's ability to serve as the vehicle of vote by mail and have absentee balloting. How do you think this will impact uh, absentee balloting and vote by mail? I think in the long run, Bob, if we don't if we don't get some type of uh, legislative support, yeah, legislative leadership support in this process, it, it really it could there's a possibility it could damage uh, the efforts of America to vote securely and safely in a vote by mail environment. Yeah, it could have it could definitely impact that. So we, what we need to see is that we need to see that oversight um, and support. We, we know all the arguments about vote by mail. We, we've heard them all, all the misnomers we've heard, all, all the, all the, all the, the, the misstated uh, quotes have been fact-checked and found to be false. So we know the benefits. We know the security of vote by mail. Even, you know, I think the mis- even some of the misnomers that we hear about what voter a vote by mail will favor one party over the all other. All that's already been uh, talked about. All that's all that's already been refuted. Uh, I think you know. So the vote by mail issue, you know, if if I think if we want to look at it as a, a voter voter suppression uh, issue, maybe so. I I don't know, but I I think one for sure. The actions being uh, initiated by the leadership of this agency now uh, will not serve to benefit the customers of the U.S. Postal Service, nor will it benefit America in securing their vote in this year's election and elections moving forward, nor will it provide the services America is is in need of during this pandemic event that we're experiencing that's looking looks like it will be going on for uh, quite a few more months so yes <laughs> there are some there are, there are some issues uh, that we have facing and it's bigger than vote by mail but but yes vote by mail uh, will be negatively impacted. Uh, by uh, these these di- this directive and the changes being implemented by the post office that reduces its, its capabilities to process mail timely. I'm a customer, and I'm paying for postage, whether I be someone who's planning for a wedding and sending out invitations by mail, or I am a major mailer sending out financial information or a charitable organization sending out mail solicitations. I rely on three things. 
I want reliability, I want frequency, and I want timeliness. The most important attribute these days is demonstrated, I think, in part by Amazon and Amazon Prime, is timeliness. I expect to get whatever I'm asking for within a very, very narrow window. The quicker, the better. Mm -hmm. If the Postal Service says no, quicker is not necessarily better for us, that could directly impact the amount of mail coming through the mail system and a diversion to other ways in which to communicate. No. Absolutely. It, it, it will hurt. It will hamper the letter volume, and it will also hamper the parcel volume that we have uh, shown tremendous appetite for growing in that market, the parcel market, that we have, we have uh, continually, year after year, grown our share of, the, of this market. That will decimate that also really relegating the post office to almost, you know, uh, obscurity. And in the process, providing a disservice to America. We do not want to drive away business. And the unintended consequence of this memorandum and this policy, that might be the end result of driving away business. Unintended or intended? I'm going to leave that question for our listeners With that, I'm going to uh, thank Ivan for joining us this week on Naps Chat. This is Bob Levy. If if you like Naps Chat, please uh, go to the iTunes uh, store and give us a favorable review. Until next week. I'm going to.